Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the My Nights Are Booked podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and today we're going to be talking about The Walking Dead World Beyond series finale. And I'm joined today by none other than the amazing Jeffrey Kopp, who is the the man behind the T Walking D World Twitter account that everybody follows. If you want Walking Dead news, you follow this account. And that way, and, and so we're all linked. We all know Jeffrey, but we just don't know, we don't know Jeffrey because we he's a Twitter handle, but but Jeffrey is the man. And Jeffrey, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's nice to step beyond the the Twitter handle sometimes and kind of be myself instead of just the the mysterious little T Walking D World logo. So this is this is always fun. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. And I think, uh, I think it's always important to, um, you know, every now and then step out because it's, uh, I know for me, sometimes it's, it's hard to, to, for, to remember that there are people behind all of these accounts. And so, you know, sometimes it gets a little, a little heated in the social media space. So it's always good for us to kind of get out there and, you know, I've always admired your account because it's just, it's, it's just so you do, you do such an incredible job and um, you're kind of like the, I I don't know, you're kind of like the referee and on the middle of the the walking dead fandom. So you, you're kind of the, the, (laughs) you're, you're the anchor, you're the lighthouse that guides everybody as we move forward in this franchise. And it's just, uh, it's hard to believe that we're here. And we're at the end of the journey for the Walking Dead World Beyond. Mm-hmm. It's 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 so weird because I remember when the show was first announced, before it had a cast, before it had a title, before we really didn't even we didn't know anything about it at all. It was just sort of this mysterious third show in the Walking Dead universe. And now we're actually at the end. And I'm like weirdly emotional about it. I didn't think I'd be this sad about it ending, but I am. I'm not ready for like the actual end of the episode where, you know, it's out there in the world, but it's, it's coming. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think, and I don't know about you, but I mean, I, cause I know we've talked about this before and, and the journey to get to this moment has been, you know, it's, it's, it's had its ups and downs and it's, I think everybody can agree that it, there were moments that could have gone faster and there, it certainly seems like these past five episodes have flown by. So it's like, how did we get to, to the end that quickly? Because it just, it, it feels like season two just started. But I really didn't expect to be where we are in this story. And, and it, I mean, there's so many different pieces and parts, but they leave, in terms of a series finale, it really feels like a cliffhanger to another season, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that I wasn't really expecting. I got this horrible thought in my head sort of halfway through this season that that they might just have this horribly dark ending where we lose all of the characters and that's it that's the end of the story and all the characters but it was it was a surprisingly happy ending that went really well in favor of pretty much all of the characters and it kind of sets up so many other stories to to come from it 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 definitely to me felt like we got closure across the board for the characters and if we weren't ever to see them again, it would be okay. But there's definitely the door open for, for pretty much everyone to, to be able to see them again. And if they wanted to reverse their decision and suddenly make a third season, it would, it would work perfectly. 
So it's definitely Absolutely. an interesting ending. I wouldn't even call it an ending. It's sort of just like a the closing of a of a chapter. And and it's interesting because you know when they announced this, they were very clear from the start that it was only going to be two seasons, and that seemed so intentional at the time, even though it was unusual. Like that there wasn't something, and we're it it it's blowing my mind that that you know also this this uh, this weekend that uh, and, and for the audience we're recording this before Sunday so if you haven't seen the finale you probably will have by the time this this podcast comes out it's it's all a little like Doctor Who wibbly wobbly timey wimey like it's all very <laughs> hard to keep track of you know where we are but but we've seen the finale and it's it's uh, and by the time you hear this the finale will be will have aired on AMC obviously airing right now on amc plus but the thing that's interesting about it is that it is the first you know like when you when you think about the, the way the so the walking dead is ending fear the walking dead is going to be wrapping up this first half of season seven this sunday season seven of fear the walking dead i mean when you think to, to what walking dead was doing with season seven like it's crazy to think that that now the spinoff has reached seven seasons and and yet this show which is the newest show in this in the franchise is the first one to say goodbye and i wonder if this is kind of a a, a litmus test as it were to see how to bring one of these shows to a close you know and and to not close the door but just kind of you know turn the page maybe and just kind of leave the book open in case they want to come back because you know as you say I mean it 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 really there's a lot of closure here but everything's wide open let's let's recap briefly we've got Silas is with uh, Jadis at the CRM he's signed up to um to be a soldier but his purpose in doing that is to expose what they're doing when he gets a chance to get to the CR mm-hmm. then you've got the Portland story and you have uh, Iris and uh, you have Iris and Elton and uh, who else? Who else went to Portland? Um, they went on- I think it was just Asha. Oh yeah, um, just Asha. I don't think, I think some of Indira's other people came, but it wasn't anyone that we knew specifically. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And then, and then there's, uh, there's Hope who stayed behind with the scientists and her father and they're working on their thing and then um and then will and and felix have a dog yeah (laughs) that moment i when the dog hopped up onto the bed i was like that's all i needed that's all i needed i wanted the two of them to have a happy ending and they just kind of added on to it by throwing in the dog in there i was like i wanted them both to survive i wanted will and felix to live happily ever after and they threw the dog in so i was like that's that's exactly what i wanted (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and then and and then we have uh you know elizabeth's story ended with being arrested so she's kind of out in the world and, and uh percy died right before the season finale the series finale so they're really i mean it, it was surprisingly not a brutal finale like i i think i kind of was just um, you know my thought was that everybody was going to have to die or they were going to have to do something because that's just kind of the way the walking dead works but i didn't feel like everybody had to die and i felt very comfortable with the way they brought this to a close yeah and i feel like we've kind of moved away from um 
that just you either have to die or you live type of stories with this universe because if this were you know maybe six or seven years ago before there was this big expansive universe that they were building you know it kind of felt like they wanted absolute conclusion to the stories of the characters we didn't we I never would have expected like spinoffs or anything before fear but now that they're really building something bigger than just these individual shows it feels like we might get this type of ending for the walking dead where they sort of set the stage for other stories to come from it. I mean, we obviously know we're getting the Daryl and Carol spinoff. Um, and I could see similar, similar avenues being taken with other characters that we just don't, just don't know about yet. Um, so it kind of feels like, you know, if this were, if this were eight years ago, we might've gotten an ending where all the characters died. Um, that sort of brutality, but I feel like they, they kind of want, to leave the door open just across the board for any other stories they could tell oh absolutely and and you know truthfully a lot of these stories could be told in tales of the walk uh, tales of the walking dead like they don't have to bring a whole series back just to finish you know they could they could show their you know iris's arrival in portland in yeah. one episode of tales of the walking dead or they could follow Percy's tale with his uncle with uncle Tony in Las Vegas like they could they could Mm -hmm. absolutely go back and do a story you know even though he's he's dead in the present series like they could you know and I feel like that would be a compelling story because there are you know the the universe is expanded to a point now where I'm actually more intrigued by the locations than the characters at this point like I want to know, you know, we've seen this research facility and we know what the CRM is capable of because we've seen them in all three shows, but what does the CR look like? Like, yeah. where, you know, where is it? What's that like? Like, I don't really care about, I mean, and it sounds terrible to say, but like, I don't care about the characters anymore as the, you know, the, I'm not driven by the characters so much as I'm driven by the whole story. And that includes where they are. So seeing Las Vegas like yeah let, let's go let's go to Vegas let's go to Portland let's go to these places yeah let's go to uh I don't know Jeffrey let's go to places that speak French and have yeah. really interesting <laughs> walkers that go kind of fast like and that are super aggressive and turn surprisingly fast that's yeah. that's that's the most compelling story for me out of this finale <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, and that was something that, uh, you know, that this series kind of introduced for these really bizarre end credit scenes. I mean, how many things were revealed in end credit scenes in this series, but of all of them, oh my gosh, like, you know, like there was so much going on in that, in without having any sense of what was happening in this scene, there's just this woman watching you know, she turns on a computer and you're just, you're trying to make sense of where she is and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you see a familiar face. Yep. Dr. Jenner, you never, I, of all the characters in this universe, he's probably the one that I least expected to ever see pop up yeah. again. I just, I mean, obviously he's dead, but this seems to be some sort of recording from when he was alive and when the CDC was still running. Um, we don't, we, we weren't really given a timeline of when this end credit scene takes place um, at all. We weren't really given any kind of clue 
but it seems like this lab was in contact with Dr. Jenner and the CDC. And we obviously have that famous line from the season one finale of The Walking Dead when Dr. Jenner reveals that it was the French that were the ones that had held out the longest. And all these years later, that's finally coming to fruition and we're actually seeing it, which I never expected to see. So that was that was a shocker for me. You know, and it's funny, I, I had to laugh. It's a little tongue in cheek, but this whole this whole weekend, I feel like it's just been full of, of really tongue in cheek moments after Thanksgiving with the uh, the announcement that we have a new a new variant in our COVID-19 yep. fight. So there was something really ironic learning that uh, there is now a variant of the walkers out there. You know, that it was always possible and it makes perfect sense because they're still biological creatures. So it makes perfect sense that there are variations in whatever whatever this is. You know, there's there are mutations and variants within whatever it is that make them. And it didn't help, I mean, in a weird way, and, and I don't know if, if you had this experience, but as I was watching World Beyond, specifically in the, the second half of season two, as, I, as we watched what, uh, as, as we watched what Lila was doing in, in the, you know, in with her specimens, it makes me wonder if human intervention led to any of these, you know, obviously Dr. Jenner was in the very, very beginning of all of this. So, so his story, depending on when that, that end credit scene was shot, it could either be at the very beginning or it could be someone looking back at that video present day going, you know, okay, yeah. well, this explains what's going. I mean, there, there's a whole lot to unpack there and, and we don't have all the answers, but seeing what she was doing and knowing that she was trying to, um, you know, and she was, it sounds like she was making progress on being able to slow down the transformation. And she, you know, she thought Barca was her success, but uh, he seemed to have lasted longer than others. So it makes me wonder how much of, you know, if there are variants out there, is it happening naturally, like in the wild, like Jurassic Park, where, you know, nature finds a way? <laughs> or yeah. is it, you know, or did, did people make this happen because they're trying to work on a cure and, and it kind of, they got overrun? I mean, there's, there's a lot of possibility here. Yeah, and it's just so interesting to me that, you know, we hear Dr. Jenner in the tape refer to the variant and that tells us that when he meets Rick's group he's aware that things have sort of progressed differently outside of the United States so the fact that he was willing to you know give up and stay behind at the CDC kind of tells me that things are not good outside of North America and that he at least had some sort of idea that things were really bad and were only going to continue to get worse if he was willing to, you know, opt out, as he said back then. Um, so I'm, I'm honestly seeing a walker act like that had me terrified. <laughs> um, that was just like, that threw me for a loop seeing that because we don't, we don't see him act like that. And now it's kind of has all these different theories running through my head of, you know, the whole rest of the world might be a, more of a wasteland than the United States, because if the people in Europe and Asia and Africa are having to fight walkers that run and are seemingly smarter and can turn that fast, there might not be that much hope for human beings to, to persevere if that's what they're dealing with. You know, the slow ones are manageable, but I don't know how manageable running ones are. 
Oh, it's it, it's funny, you know, thinking back to the to the season or the series premiere of The Walking Dead. Remember the walkers that would jiggle the doorknobs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in a yeah. way, it's like it's it's like almost like the decay over the years has led them to become less threatening because there's you know they're they're kind of falling apart and getting beat up over the you know by the elements. But it makes me wonder where you know where that kind of changed. I know people used to talk about that all the time, like you know how come they could turn doorknobs and and, and jiggle doorknobs, but they couldn't you know the four seasons later, they couldn't manage, you know, they couldn't manage that feat. So it's, it's interesting to think that there, you know, there is this evolution or something was going on in Europe. And, um, but then it also, you know, and again, so many of these things, so many of these stories I feel are, are so much more poignant because of what we've been going through with the pandemic. Like it, it, it changes the way you see things because now the, the idea of a, of a virus or, you know, some kind of genetic mutation, like it, it's not so outlandish anymore when we've been living that reality for the past however long and, and these mutations keep coming up. But it exactly. really makes me think about Jenner blowing up the CDC. That just seems like such a, an interesting, like it was interesting enough when it happened in the series and, you know, in the first season, it was, it was interesting enough that that, that was the way it happened. But now it makes me wonder like, if that was catastrophic in terms of setting things back. I mean, can you imagine if the scientists at the research facility were able to get to Atlanta, like if they had it in their mind to say, hey, like we should go to the CDC. Yeah. If that was still a standing facility, even if everybody was dead. Yeah. It would still be a facility where they could do the research they need to do. Exactly. And that's why I, at first when I kind of got the feeling that they were going to sort of dance around the cure um obviously we don't have a cure but it's something they are exploring um I was hesitant because that's something every you know zombie story kind of ends up doing and I kind of liked that the Walking Dead universe didn't tackle that um but now that like you said that we are kind of living this 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 real life pandemic that feels like the natural progression of things that, you know, people would, if you have the resources, obviously, and you are stable enough, you would want to try to find some sort of solution, even if it's not, even, you know, even if you can't bring people back, if you can find a way to stop people from turning, or if you can find a way to, you know, resolve all that's happened, you would do that. And obviously with the resources that the CRM has and this collection of scientists that they have that that makes sense that that would happen in the story and I always thought you know it's so interesting to see like hope specifically be so adamant about not destroying everything that the CRM has because she doesn't want the possibility of a solution to be lost you know Iris kind of kind of wanted to just blow up the whole research facility but hope was more in line with the idea that you know this this stuff can be sacrificed or can be saved and we can we can do this somewhere else and I just think that's such an interesting split between their two characters because hope still does have hope that there can be a solution whereas Iris is more given up on on that and I think that was always an interesting split between between their two characters and their outlooks yeah and you know speaking of, of hope and Iris 
specifically, I, I remember when they first announced the show and one of the big kind of teases to it was that some people would go one way and, and, and see, you know, kind of do the right thing and others would, would, you know, show kind of the development. They kind of hinted like we would see the, the birth of new villains. Like, I don't know if you remember those, those kind of promos, yeah. that they were doing, but it seemed like that was such a big, a big thing that they were pushing. And I, I don't, I don't think I saw that, but I mean, you know, hope, hope or not hope it was, I hope remained pretty steady. I mean, she's, she shifted because she was, she didn't trust people. She certainly didn't trust the, C, the CRM. Her sister was always like, you know, you're, you're overthinking things and you're, you're making things difficult. You know, like when she flipped off the CRM and like, you know, she was kind of yeah. the rebellious sister. So she did see that transformation and technically Iris, you know, I think when she killed that soldier, it was a turning point for her because she killed a human being and mm -hmm. that's, you know, not what she was about, but, you know, even with Silas joining the CRM, I don't really see any of the characters turning evil. The no, that and I that's, think they talked about. I think that's kind of the, the whole point of the whole Walking Dead universe is that everyone sort of exists in that moral gray area. And I feel like these characters, since they didn't really have to experience the world and have to do these horrible things before leaving their community, this series was sort of about throwing them into that moral gray area where, you know, obviously none of them had killed people. None of them had even really killed the empties before, but this was sort of about throwing them face first and face first into that. And um, I just think back to like the very first episode of the series where we see like Iris at the uh, Monument Day celebration and she's she's obviously suspicious of the CRM, but she's still playing her part and she believes in the future and believes in the civilization and everything that's been accomplished at that community. And then over the course of the first season, we kind of see that be chipped away. And then, like you said, her killing the soldier is just such a huge turning point and I always like those moments for characters in this universe because it's kind of like when the reality hits them hard and you know if things were to go a little bit different if she maybe didn't have this group of people around her Iris could have gone down a much darker path where you know she might have she might have actually gone through with trying to blow up the whole research facility and killed everyone inside and we obviously know that they were really good people on the inside who didn't approve of what the CRM did. So it kind of, I think this series was just about throwing all of these characters into that moral gray area, which is so, such an interesting area to operate in. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so true. And I, and I think, you know, of all the characters, you know, going through transformations, I mean, we certainly saw that with Huck or Jennifer, depending on who she was hanging out with, but, um, you know, she really, you could tell it she, as soon as she learned what the CRM had done, she really was struggling with her mission and being a part of, of, of a group that could do that. And, and I feel like she really had a kind of a noble ending, uh, you know, as it were, and, and would be reunited yeah. in death with her husband, who was, you know, doing his own noble cause too, and, you know, trying to get Silas, uh, Silas out of trouble. And so, it was a really interesting thing to see, you know, to see how she ended up and, you know, which kind of led to, um, interestingly enough, it led to Elizabeth, you know, being 
arrested at the end because everything had kind of fallen apart. And now, now we have Jadis in control, which is probably the most, of, of all of the endings that we saw, of all the stories that came to an end in, in the series finale, that's really not, that, that's not an ending for Jadis. That's like the beginning of, of something that I, I really hope they continue with because my God, that just, that changes everything. Oh, totally. I was, I was wondering how they were going to handle Jadis with the series as a whole, obviously, but specifically how they were going to end her story within World Beyond. Because I was like, surely they won't kill her because that would close the door to, you know, her appearing in the current timeline elsewhere. But this was more than I expected. I didn't expect her to sort of continue her rise in power and become one of the CRM's top people. And it's just so, I think that's so cool to look back on like the connectivity of this universe where the decisions she was making on The Walking Dead all these years ago have sort of had a butterfly effect across world beyond and now wherever she'll be appearing next whether that's the rick movies or if that's some other spinoff story it's just so interesting all the little choices that got her to where she is right now and you can trace them back through both shows that she's been on absolutely and you know and then speaking of of rick one of the things that i've i've always found so compelling about you know, trying to sort through why someone like Rick wouldn't try to get back to his family. And the thing I always come back to is that by trying to get back to his family, he could actually put them in jeopardy because he's kind of, I would assume that Rick would be hoping the CRM doesn't know where Alexandria is. Because at this point, those helicopters have never landed in Alexandria. They've, they've landed all over the Fear the Walking Dead universe. Yeah. you know, the only time we've ever seen helicopters in, in The Walking Dead has always been usually tied to um, tied to the junkyard. Now we know it's because of Jadis. Mm-hmm. But with Jadis in control and taking on kind of more of a leadership role, if she steps into the, the lieutenant, uh, lieutenant colonel position, you know, she, she knows everything. She knows yeah. all kinds of stuff. And it makes you wonder with the way they, you know, the CRM and, and the, the we, we assume the CR has some kind of knowledge of it, but, you know, the CRM seems to think that big colonies are, are a threat to their well-being. So I would imagine that the, the Commonwealth is kind of an issue for them. And I would have to, I, I would have to think that Jadis, after all of this time, is somehow aware of the Commonwealth. And, you know, and obviously the tie there is that if The Walking Dead ends with everybody going to the Commonwealth, then there's a possibility that Jadis could show up and all of a sudden Jadis Stokes might run into Father Gabriel Stokes again because he's probably mm-hmm. going to be there too if he's you know if he survives. Yeah and that's what's so interesting to me about the way they've kind of weaved her in and out of this this story is that she obviously knows all the ins and outs of the communities that she was part of with I mean she lived in Alexandria for a period of time during the time jump um before obviously she disappeared on the helicopter with Rick um so she uh, she knows stuff she knows stuff about her people she she has information and you know we don't know what her relationship with Rick is like right now but I mean, if it's not great, she could be holding that as leverage against her, against him to keep him in line and to keep him 
there and to keep him from escaping. Um, so she's kind of she's kind of the mastermind of the whole Walking Dead universe right now, which is crazy to think about. Um, and I'm kind of like, even though she's the villain, I'm kind of like, go Jadis. <laughs> well, you know, there's always a possibility. And, and I think this is kind of the most fascinating aspect of it. There is always the possibility that she is trying to protect people back in Alexandria because, I mean, obviously she took Father Gabriel's name and, yeah. you know, there has to be something to that. And, you know, she protected Rick when she didn't have to, which before we started talking today, I was kind of thinking about that because it's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing, right? Like she, she saved his life, but we also know that she was attracted to him. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, did she do it altruistically because she knew that he was a good person and, you know, whatever, or did she do it because like, because she could quite frankly, and, yeah. um, you know, that, that she wanted him and could use all of this kind of against him. And, you know, she kept kind of referencing this decision she made to bring someone on board. I mean, there, I, I think there's been at least three moments in the, in the series, if not more that she references what we know, what the audience know to be Rick. And yeah. it sounds like that was, you know, it wasn't, it was a calculated risk on her part, but she seems to have, you know, come out on a, you know, it seems to have worked out for her, but it's, it, there, there seems to be, you know, when she, especially when she was fighting with Huck in, in the final episode, you know, she was like, you know, he was supposed to be an A. Yeah. And, you know, what does that, what does that mean? And, and so, I mean, I, it, it shouldn't call to my mind this image of like Princess Leia in Star Wars when she's got you know, a <laughs> slave Leia outfit. Like I'm not, I, I don't want to think of Rick as like being tied up somewhere as like this weird Jadis sex slave person in the junkyard. But, but knowing what she was doing in the junkyard at the heaps, yeah. Mm -hmm. I put nothing past this woman. Like she's, exactly. she's got a lot of stuff. She's got a lot of, of areas, but I, I feel like, you know, the, the gut reaction is like, she's, she's evil, but what if yeah. she's not like, that's mm -hmm. the more intriguing side of it to me. And that's why I love Pollyanna McIntosh. She is like the way she has played this character over the years. There's so many layers to the, to the character and you can never tell what the character is thinking and I, I think a huge part of that is because of the, her performance and it just it just it makes me like nervous for what's to come in her story and Rick's story because you know like like we said like you said there was that line where she said I'll, oh I'll lay with him after and that that always grossed me out and it grossed Rick out and I just hope he's not in some gross dungeon at the civic republic for all these years i really hope that's not the case um but she did have that line when she was fighting with huck where she basically says that you know she said that he was a beast so that he wouldn't end up in um the lab as a t test subject and i think that was that was pretty telling for you know the the relationship she has with him because I remember when she first took him, I was like, well, this seems like an act of mercy for him because, you know, he took a chance, he took several chances on her, um, especially at the end of the war. And this might be her way of, you know, 
paying him back. So I really hope, I really hope that they're still like aligned and that they're on good terms, but I just can't see Rick approving of what she's doing in the, in the military side of things with slaughtering communities and that part of it. I can't see Rick being on board with any of that. So it's a weird, it's a very weird place for her to be in. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's, I think, the most intriguing. I think the reason that I'm so fixated on that is because, you know, because she crossed over from the main series, like that means that her story is very likely not over at this point. Um, yeah. I know she's on the new Vikings spinoff on Netflix. And so, you know, casting and, and delays and shooting because of the pandemic, you know, have kind of pushed things together. So it, it, it hopefully doesn't mean that her story gets paused for any reason. I hope we get to continue to see it somewhere in the, in the universe, whether that's on Tales of the Walking Dead or, you know, in the Rick movies or, you know, maybe a spinoff of some kind. I don't know. But I feel like there's yeah. just so much. I mean, there's so many questions that have now been opened up about, you know, when you think about what Huck had to do and she was gone for all of that time to, to infiltrate the, the campus colony. If you think about how long Jadis must have been gone, but she was already someone who uh, was known to the sea. I mean, she had she had that really tricked out storage unit. Like she was yeah. someone, you know, and, and then she built that whole community. So she must have been out there for a really long time. And then to see yeah. her people slaughtered, you know, maybe seeing her own people slaughtered that way maybe that triggered something in her and maybe this is maybe that ties into this act that she's playing I don't know like it's it, there's so many different pieces to it but I feel like you know as we as we transition over to this big announcement that's coming in Talking Dead this week um, which will be announced by the time we're you know by the time this podcast is out you will know what the announcement is but as we speculate about what the the, the announcement might be maybe she's tied to it maybe we're getting some kind of like jada story and maybe, maybe i mean ideally if in an ideal world it would be a, a past and a present story where she came from and, and who she is now and somehow three or four different haircuts to kind of reflect all <laughs> the changes that she's been in over the years yeah i i think that's the thing that i'm leaning most towards um because obviously with all the characters, there's potential for additional stories. But the one that kind of intrigued me the most is this sort of, I mean, we, it, Jadis was kind of in the same location as Silas and then obviously Elizabeth. So what if we got some sort of like Civic Republic based spinoff story where we actually get to see more of the, the society within the Civic Republic and we see Jadis's uh, rise in leadership and we see Silas sort of playing undercover soldier and we see Elizabeth you know undergo whatever she's going through at the prison um, I think that'd be really intriguing and then we'd obviously get to learn more about the, the Civic Republic and um, what they what they've been through all through um, these past couple of years so that's the one I'm kind of leaning towards um, the most I think that would be something that people would be really interested in seeing um, because anything CRM related just gets the fandom buzzing so I feel like that would be that would be an interesting thing to tune into especially if it was a more limited series um, if it was like a season 
or um, two sort of just to kind of give us some answers before before the Rick movies. But I don't know. I don't know. That could have that could be a mislead. And maybe the next time we see Jadis is just in the movies. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. But, you know, one of the things that I, I I think you're so right about, you know, how interesting it would be to take that to take that tack and one of the things that that stands out is you know I always go back and think about Robert Kirkman having his deal with Amazon so mm-hmm. right now you know the Walking Dead comic series ended with the Commonwealth like that was the, the end point so the more they can create their own universe and I think the CRM is kind of a, a shining example of like that that kind of uh, umbrella over all of these different groups and groups of people. I feel like that's, you know, AMC's attempt to grow their own, their own deal. You know, maybe the CR is the the end all be all community that everybody's going to want to be part of in the CRM. Cause we know the CRM isn't acting on their behalf. They're doing their own thing. And CR sounds like they're ignorant to all of this, which is like, fascinating in itself that they wouldn't know what's going on i mean you know that's bizarre if they have what two hundred thousand people and and no one's sitting there going hey i haven't heard from portland in a while like haven't heard from Mm -hmm. you know like what's what's going on out there like it's just it seems strange to me but i feel like the more they can do is you know to create themselves to create their own world is good for them in the long run because they don't have to worry about intellectual property and you know being tied to the original source material and all of the constraints that you know all of the contracts and all of the stuff that they have to worry about totally and that's why i think once you know the walking dead main series officially does end, i think that's why they'll really be pushing the daryl and carol spinoff um we don't know really anything about it besides the fact that it'll be about the two of them. But those are two very important characters to the television show. But the comics, I mean, Daryl doesn't exist in the comics and Carol is a far smaller character than she is in the, in the television show. And they, I mean, those two characters are staples to The Walking Dead at this point. And I feel like that will sort of the jumping point to this next era of the walking dead where we see them i mean those are those are two characters that are more amc properties than just robert kirkman so i think that's a really good point you made about you know them sort of building their own own thing aside from the comic so that'll be interesting to see yeah and and you know the door the door is wide open at this point i mean they can they can use this as a jumping off point for anything i mean i i personally think that this announcement this sunday is going to be some kind of a a limited series of some kind or you know something attached i i feel like they've they've discovered kind of they've worked out the kinks and you know world beyond was an experiment that just happened to get kind of disrupted by the pandemic because it would have been it would have been really interesting if this if it all played out the way it was supposed to because it was supposed to air um in april of 2020 was when season one was supposed to launch and then so that means it would have been wrapped up oh gosh it would have been ended this past june you know like if if they kept that pattern 
and it the only reason it didn't was because of the pandemic and the delays and everything but if you think about yeah. where that would have ended the story and kind of given them a springboard um you know and thinking about the end of the series and you know how when you, when you think about all of the decisions and all of the announcements and the spin-offs that were announced and you know not the rick stuff because the rick stuff was too far back at this point all yeah. of the recent stuff, all of those recent, you know, when they announced they were ending the series, they were announcing Daryl and Carol and they announced Tales of the Walking Dead. If you think about that moment and how they were using, like that moment was like the flashpoint for whatever happens in the future. And they, the Rick movies will be part of that. But I really mm -hmm. feel like, like now they're looking at something bigger in these, these two season limited series. Like I could see them you know, doing some kind of a, an expeditionary force type thing that leaves the CRM, you know, maybe Silas is part of it and they run into Aaron and, yeah. you know, they run into, you know, a group from Alexandria because maybe the sh people from the show don't want to leave. They can't keep that story going much further because it, it ends. So instead of trying to continue that, they continue it in a different way it brings all of these new elements together. Like I could, I could absolutely see that being the case so that these stories continue, but you could have, you know, somehow you could have Aaron, you know, maybe you could have Aaron ending up in Portland all of a sudden, yeah. you know, like, he, like it, I, I, there's so many ways that you could do it, but it, by taking away the canon, taking away all of the kind of Robert Kirkman era stories not necessarily the characters but the stories you know that are tied to the comics it opens up this huge universe and now with these you know these walkers in france i mean more than more likely than not we're not going to see any of our characters in france anytime soon if, if that's <laughs> even where they were but yeah. you know like there's so many different ways they can they could take it at this point that aren't tied to that story but have links to that story and I think that's the most intriguing aspect. Totally. And it's, it's so, it's so exciting to me thinking about like the, all the different possibilities, because I mean, I just, I get so attached to the characters of all the shows and the idea of certain characters meeting other characters just like makes me so excited. Like I, I just sit there and run through the possibilities of like, well, what if one day, you know, Negan after The Walking Dead is over, if Negan gets a spinoff and he crosses paths with Victor Strand, like how crazy would that be? Or if, you know, we see, I've, I've always wanted, since we first met Elton in season one, I've been wanting him to meet Eugene because I just think that would be yeah. such a funny dynamic. So I'm like, well, what if Eugene makes his way to Portland and runs into Elton one day? I just, the idea, there's so much possibility out there that and I mean, even with like from Fear the Walking Dead, if if they were to continue Althea and Isabel's story, if they somehow got captured by the CRM and ended up running into Rick, you know, it's it's so there's so many different avenues that they could go. And it's it's a really cool thing that they've built with this expansive universe that's that's very similar to what Marvel has done in that just because a character starts somewhere doesn't mean that their story has to end there and that right. these stories can go on for years beyond the main story um and i think that's a really really fun and exciting thing as a fan to to be able to look forward to 
And, you know, when you think back to how World Beyond started, it all started because Elizabeth gave Hope and Iris a map Mm -hmm. and said, you know, she didn't even say anything. She gave them a map and, and kind of hinted that, you know, here's a map. And, yeah. you know, we know that we know that there are clues about, you know, that especially uh, Al and on Fear the Walking Dead, we know that she has, you know, she has a sense of, you know, how the, the CRM pickups and, and transports work. And, and so, you know, going back to the whole idea of Jada's kind of being a double agent herself, um, you know, what if she, what if she knows that, that the timing isn't, isn't good for this, for the Commonwealth? And what if she kind of, she goes and she says, Hey, Gabriel, you guys need to get out of here. Here's a map. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. here's, you know, cause that, that idea of a map is so, I think that's what's so neat about the CRM is that because they've been able to touch all points of the, of the country, because they have the helicopters, like they know what's out there. They know, I mean, they, I'm sure they know there's been a nuclear blast in Texas. Like they would yeah. know these things, but they would know where, where these colonies are and where these people are. And so, you know, that could be a really fascinating way to get people moving in a different direction. Or like, if you know, Jada shows up and, and says, you know, to Daryl and Carol, like, Hey, there's a map mm-hmm. go here or go, you know, like, there's, there's so many possibilities now. And I think because Jadis is the one who's tied to this organization that's tied to all three shows, all of a sudden the doors are blown open for possibilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that includes like international reach because we know if, you know, if they can get people and resources across the whole United States, what's to stop them from going overseas, going elsewhere in the world? So that kind of <laughs> expands it even more um, where we could get stories set, you know, on other um, continents, maybe some, I've always loved the idea of like a story set on a tropical island and we just have like walkers washing up on shore. I always thought that would be so funny. Um, so it's really like, I think it was smart to bring in the CRM because they're just such a, a force that we've never seen anything like before. And it just, it still makes me, it just makes me so like, just blown away that Jadis is the one that's like pulling all the strings. Because if you would have told me that when she was first introduced in Walking Dead with that haircut and speaking the way she spoke, I would not believe you that she would be this sort of powerful, legendary figure of the Walking Dead universe that holds secrets and kind of pulls all these strings. So it's, it's been such a cool evolution to see. And I'm glad that they gave, that they have Jadis in that role because I think it's important that it be someone that we're familiar with and that we're attached to as, as a viewer instead of someone just completely new and random that we don't know. We've followed her journey for years and we have got to know her. Obviously, it's, she's changed a lot, but we know her. We know Pollyanna. We know this character. So she's she's the one to watch for sure yeah yeah and it's it's uh you know as you say it kind of blows the door open for the whole the whole universe that you know that she's the one because she knows so much so all of a sudden you know there there's no there's no secrets I mean she knows everything that they knew six years ago or you know whatever Rick disappeared I mean she 
was right there in the thick of it. So she knows all of these, all of these things. She knows about the battles. She knows about their resources. She knows, you know, all of that. And then, and then to be with the CRM for six years, I mean, you know, or the six years that from when she picked up Rick and, and went back to the CRM, mm-hmm. she knows all kinds of stuff now. I mean, just the stuff that she's aware of, it just makes it, oh my God, it just makes it so fascinating to think of what she could do I mean both positive and negative I mean that's I'm trying to keep this optimism but man I mean she could either do a ton of damage in this role or she could actually do some really good stuff it just depends on you know which (laughs) are we talking to Jadis are we talking to Anne like who who is it that we're exactly and I just kind of visualize I visualize the walking dead towards the end you know when we're we still have like 16 episodes left but when we get towards the end maybe even in the finale I just have this mental image of all of our characters at the commonwealth thinking that everything's perfectly fine and then on the horizon we see this massive herd of walkers coming and there's there's the CRM leading them you know that's that's a possibility because of what they've established in this universe where they're that looming force that could show up at any time and wipe out tens of thousands of people without any remorse at all so who's to say they won't do that to these characters that we've come to love and been following for years we never know yeah yeah and so in that regard maybe that's why we got off light with world beyond and how they they ended that story because they're going to just blow everybody out in the walking dead and it just makes it all the more terrifying honestly yep there's it's it's just it's a scary thing and i always Every time a character interacts with or becomes aware of the CRM, I get nervous. Like when the characters of fear um, evacuated from the nuclear blast on the CRM helicopter, I was like, oh no, you're putting a target on your back. And I don't think that's a good idea. I don't like that they're aware of all these characters all of a sudden because they could always swoop back down and, you know, eliminate the the threat. So it's, it's, it's a frightening force that they are. Yeah, there's, there's so much to unpack. And, and, you know, honestly, I think that, you know, as, as, as we've established, this is, we're going to have a whole new conversation after Sunday. So we're going to have, you know, so many more things to talk about and speculate. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a little excited to take a breath after this week and not have, you know, both shows are coming to, you know, fears having its, its mid-season finale and, World Beyond is having its uh, its series finale, and then we can breathe a little bit until February, and kind of unpack all of this because there is a lot to unpack and so much more on the horizon. I mean, 2022 is going to be a huge year for The Walking yeah. Dead. So I'm just I'm so grateful to you, Jeffrey, for being on this journey with me, so we can break more stuff down. I have a feeling that you're going to be back in in no time, so we can break down whatever it is they tell us on Sunday. Oh, definitely. It's it's always nice when we get a hiatus because it's kind of like it's kind of time to like breathe and prepare for the next set of episodes. But now that we have three shows going, we have a whole bunch of other stuff coming. It's kind of like the Walking Dead universe, even though World Beyond's ending and Walking Dead's ending, it feels like it's busier and more lively than it's ever been. And as a fan, that's really exciting to me because I'm personally going to eat up anything that they give us i'll watch a spinoff about a lone walker i will watch anything this universe has to offer 
Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to to the the shows wrapping up for for 2021 um, because it kind of lets us breathe. We've been kind of nonstop since August when Walking Dead um, came back, and we kind of get to after the Sunday when um, the shows wrap and the announcement comes, we'll kind of be able to start looking towards the future and see what 2022 has to offer because there is a lot to be excited about like you said I mean there's all kinds of stuff with the established shows but we have Tales of the Walking Dead coming we have um, potential other shows that could be could be coming so definitely an exciting time to be a fan I'm 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 always excited this time of year when we kind of get a lot coming it's it's like Christmas come early isn't it it is it is it's like Christmas <laughs> <laughs> well I am so I, I'm so grateful to have you uh, kind of break down this the end of the series it's, it's bittersweet to say goodbye to all of these cast members but it's also really exciting to think that there's a potential to see them again and you know that the, the future is still bright at some point it may not be right away but it could be down the line and and so it's it's just been it's been so great being able to break it down with you, Jeffrey, and I can't thank you enough for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always love the opportunity to talk about these shows, but I, I love talking about it with you. You are so knowledgeable and you have so many great opinions that you that you share, and it's, it's always great to, to talk to someone else that, that, you know, is so excited about what's to come, and I feel like we both are so giddy. We're like little kids talking about <laughs> talking about all the things that we get to, to enjoy so it's always fun yeah except for like instead of like you know what toy did you get it's like oh well who, whose head you know who lost their head yeah. this week and who got who was the bloodiest death like it's just it's so funny to who think got, that we get so excited <laughs> who had to amputate their arm this week <laughs> yeah and that's I mean that's a whole other thing now it's like everybody's losing their arms Alicia's lost Ugh. her arm and like there's all kinds of stuff going on yeah oh it's just crazy a, it's a bloody show but it's it's our show <laughs> I know I know we love it it's bloody and bloody and wonderful at the same time so yes but so Jeffrey tell people how they can find you on social media if they aren't aware already Yes, so um, I am at T Walking D World on Twitter. Um, that's my sort of main go-to account for all things The Walking Dead. Um, every show, like I said, I cover everything in The Walking Dead universe. Um, I live tweet every Sunday. Um, since we're going on hiatus, things will slow down a little bit, but I'll stay posting any news and updates that we have about the universe as it comes to us. Um, you can also follow me on my personal account. It's at JeffreyCop97, where I sort of geek out about a ton of other things like Marvel and Star Wars and a million other things. So feel free to follow me there. Um, but yeah, that's me. Well, awesome. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And, and thank you all for getting to the end of the episode with us. And uh, I promise that we will have Jeffrey back and we're going to be talking more stuff about The Walking Dead as soon as, as, soon as we get this announcement and god there's just there's never going to be it, it sounds like we're kind of where we might be taking a break but there's plenty more walking dead stuff to come especially in 2022 so uh so yeah so thank you thank you again jeffrey for being here and thank, thank you to you. all of the listeners 
And uh, remember to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast and leave comments. If you have any comments for me, hit me up on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollock. And that is it. So we are signing off and we will talk to you next time.